Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. Brave Worship episode 35. 35, it sounds like a landmark. (laughs) You're listening to the Brave Worship podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. Well, I'm excited we get to share this podcast today. Yeah, we wanted to share this with you because we thought there was a lot of value in this conversation. So this was a recent podcast with, what are they called now? We the are Worship, worship? Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's called The Worship Podcast. Yes. So it's put out by Integrity Music. Um, and this one was a conversation between Dustin Smith, who runs All About Worship and Be Fierce Men, um, James Galbraith, who also works with him, and I. And um, there's some good nuggets in there, so we wanted to share it with you. Enjoy. Welcome to the Worship Podcast. This is the Worship Podcast, and this is James, and that's this Dustin. This is Dustin. And we're here, here today. Are. Yeah, we're talking about worship. This is it like our, is this our second one by ourselves? You know, I'm not exactly sure which number this is. <laughs> We do a lot of podcasts. I think, yeah, we do across a lot of platforms. You yeah. do more. Which than one I do. is this? I almost this introduced is, this as a way different podcast. This is the All About We Are Worship podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is the We Are. I'm all still going to call it this that. This is the it's We funny. Are All About Worship podcast. No, it's the Worship podcast. <clears throat> but um, yeah, we've uh, we're we're back in in the country. Yeah, you look a little jet lagged. <laughs> yeah, well, there's reasons for that. We Dustin and I were just in India. In India. And in India, and we came back like just a couple of days ago. Yeah, we got back Tuesday. It was a it was a longer trip there. It was thirty six hours to get there. To get there, yeah. It only took us like twenty six to get back. twenty six to get back. So it was like just a <laughs> quick jump back over the pond. Yeah, it was two nine hour flights, and then two other just ridiculous flights. Like, but we are glad to be back. India was a blast. It was fun. Man, they worship. They worship. I mean, we were in a we were in a mostly. English speaking area. Yeah. So the church was English speaking, which was different because we were just in Poland leading worship. And that was a little bit different because the interpretation stuff was. Yeah. They're not an English speaking church. No, they were, they were not. But, but India was. And man, they are strong worshipers. And the people are wonderful. They were. Well, I had, well, I had like, cause I had, okay. So I had no expectations of going because I've never been before. You'd never been I've before. I've never been to India. And we thought, well, what's it going to be like? And I don't even think we brushed up on any like. Well, I did because I was afraid I was going to make some mistakes like I've done in some oh, other countries true. where you do like, you say a word that to you doesn't mean anything, but to them it means. That's actually a yeah, great point. A that's an important point for anyone as a worship leader or a preacher. Yeah. When like, you brush up on your, on your other countries, you know. Yeah, hand signals are very important. And there's certain things you don't do that mean things to them that don't mean anything yeah. to you. Like, I thought it meant peace yeah. in, the, in the UK. <laughs> in the UK, and, and it, it doesn't. doesn't. It means... Those of you who watched the Winston Churchill movie, it yeah, means, you know... Like, the same as the middle finger. And yeah, I is. used it with a drummer. 
to tell him to go go to the bridge. Not any drummer. It was the you pastor's were with son. It was the pastor's son, sixteen year old drummer. And I turn around to him in the middle of worship, and I gave him this hand signal, which was basically the finger. And I said, "Go to the bridge." <laughs> Can I say the finger? I should say the bird. Or no, something the middle like that. finger is good. Middle finger. Okay. Yeah. So, but I didn't mean to do it. I mean, yeah. I did mean to do it. Well, what's funny was when the pastor came up and said, "Don't quit doing that signal," and you were like, "What signal?" And he, and he couldn't do it. He to wouldn't you. do it. He just kept like shrugging his shoulders. And the church was all, they were, you know, it was right in the middle of the service. Yeah. And it just looked like I was flipping the drummer off. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so really since funny. Since that time, I've really changed my view on, on when I go to other countries. What is appropriate during worship? <laughs> That's a very, very important. So you, you brushed up on that, and when we went to India, we were fine. We, we, we were fine, anything. except for both of us got deli belly. We did get deli belly, which they don't call it deli belly over there. They just call they it just belly. They just call it belly. <laughs> <laughs> both of uh, us got attacked. Yeah, they call it deli belly, which is just, uh, um, you know, well, it's self-explanatory. Yeah, and it is very difficult to worship through. <laughs> I mean, worship goes a lot quicker than you think it would. We would we would explain to them, like, hey, if we disappear from the stage, this isn't just like an American thing, like we just leave. Yeah. This is like, we're, we're just having some... But you could leave, and then I would take a song, and then I could leave, and you yeah. could take it. We could work it out. Yeah, and we would tell him, like, hey, if we disappear, don't worry. We went to the throne. Yeah, we went to the throne room, <laughs> and we prayed about it for a long time. And when we come back, we will be better we, for it. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, pers- we persevered. <laughs> so when you say worship was explosive. It was one, yeah, that's, that's true. We sat there through thick and thin, and we just... we. we <laughs> Oh, this has gone too far already. We've okay, just people lost. Have, people have just clicking just, off. They're yep. like, no, these guys are vulgar. Well, <laughs> look, it's reality, people. Okay, yeah. welcome to the real world. Well, and okay? you know, some people out there leading worship. I mean, how many people have had problems during worship? And it's difficult to even, you know, like when you're you're struggling a little bit. Like, have you ever eaten something right before you go up? Because you're like, I yeah. have to eat something yep. or I'm going to pass out. And then you burp through all of worship. And yep. you're, you're really struggling because you have to keep like bowing your head to try to do it and you're hoping you don't do it in the mic yeah that's true it's uh, not a fun it's not a fun place to be and i've told my wife especially those of you at charismatic churches you know how it is like you know you could fall over and people think it's god and yeah they have, yeah they have to call an ambulance yeah. like, how long's he been like this like, two, like, hours. What, two and a half hours <laughs> they thought the lord was moving okay so always bump the person next year just, just in check. case. Because I remember one time we were in worship and you you looked at me and said, if I if I pass out, because remember, you, yeah. it was like real hot. We were pushing real hard and just going for it in worship. And you're like, if I black out, you just need to take this, okay? But yeah. make sure someone comes to me. Yeah, I was like, this isn't God. I was like, that, that's a wonderful <laughs> warning before worship. But it means you're doing something right with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. <laughs> that's right. We're pushing Some of you through. just need to take that to heart. Maybe you got to push till you pass out. Yes. Well, yeah, maybe not. <clears throat> but anyway. everybody should get an indie experience. I mean, the worship there and the church is hoping you see, which is uh, part of Darlene yep. Check's church. Hope She's, Unlimited. Uh, Hope Unlimited from, and sh- they're in, going out, I'm going out there in July. At, yeah, to Australia. Australia. Yep. To speak at their conference. So just, we just, we really had a great time. And I know you and I are going to go back. That was, it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful experience. They're and amazing people. The people, once you connect with the people and create a relationship, and that's what it's really all about. You, yeah. You want to go back there and, and do it again. They taught us some things because it's a different culture. And it's always important, I think, to go to a different culture and learn how they worship and how they do things. And, and you can always glean from that. And then you can always teach them some things too yeah. about what we've learned. Yeah, and it, and it would definitely open up your eyes. I, I think everybody should travel to uh, another country, especially third world countries, just to see how you know how it is in other parts of the 
country. It yeah. definitely changes your perspective and stuff. And that's one of the things we want to talk about today. One of the things you and I have been really trying to do over the last several years is we've been trying to have this discussion on even women in worship and trying to empower women in worship. So for us... That was one of the greatest segues I think I've ever did you? heard. It was yeah. good? Was I, that mean, right? I didn't mean to bring thing to it, but when I'm in awe of something, I have to... <laughs> I, like, seg- I was like, because I don't know I how you're going to get were, into it. I didn't know if you were going to segue or not, so I just decided... I to wouldn't have it. done it like that. I was like, speaking of third world countries, <laughs> women in ministry. That's how I would have segued. But you're like, you know what? I'm going to... See, that's why you Speaking of cultural differences. Cultural differences. <laughs> why are women in worship? You know? That stuff like that. Uh, calm down. We've got a guest and she's yeah. looking at me funny. Just... So, it, but it is, you know, even different cultures and stuff. We talk about, third, you know, third world countries, but even in our own culture, it's it's been hard. As we traveled around doing the We Are Worship tour, when yep. we came back, one of the things that was really disturbing to me was how many uh, women, even through the conversations we had of what is divisive in the church, a lot of them felt like they weren't empowered. Yeah. And and that's so disappointing to us because we're ones who want to champion what women are doing, and we understand how powerful, uh, really, we if we don't have that that voice, then we're missing out on on really well in my world it's a better half and um you know the one that's she's my wife definitely brings the stage um up in in look it helps <laughs> she's but she's an amazing uh you know even even my wife knows there's there's nothing i want her to dream and to be and to do and i want to empower her to do that and there's you know i've had this discussion with our friend Chrissy Nordoff. Who is here today. What? She's yes. in the room? She's oh, my back. goodness. Now I can talk. Now you can talk. Okay? <laughs> She's like, I don't feel very empowered. You defend yourself. <laughs> I had to sit yeah. here for 10 minutes listening While to you guys. While you guys blabber on about India. No, and I know I know what she's thinking because we talked, her and I caught up yesterday. And as soon as I brought up Deli Belly. What? You know what she said? I got an oil for that? Yep. She no, said, I said, did you bring your oils? Yeah, but nobody nobody stalked me. Yeah, we but were. I know your daughter knows. Yeah, my daughter does know <laughs> because someone has heavily influenced her. <laughs> and my Jordan was like, "Hey, for Christmas, she's like, would you call Chrissy and ask her what I could get like for oils for Christmas?" And I was like, "Oh man, here we go." And <laughs> Hi, uh, you know? yeah, so we have begun. But Chrissy is has been a great friend, and this is always a little dangerous on this podcast, though, because. Chrissy and I have written quite a bit together. You've written mm-hmm. with Chrissy quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know if she treats yeah. you like she treats me. Uh, I haven't had anything thrown at me yet. She but throws I'm for the day. Every day. She that means throws I've made it. <laughs> it used to just be like if, if she would say, hey, what do you think of this lyric? And if I would even just hesitate, not even not like it, but just like sit there and think about it for a minute, she'd chuck something at me. Yeah. Now, at first, it was food. So I thought, hey, this is like I'm a zoo animal. And so I just, <laughs> She's I me. would just perform, you know, She's like giving me energy. Ar, ar, I like it. I like it. And But now oh. it's everything. It's whatever. It's a chair. It's a, <laughs> a chair. <laughs> so I no, knew if I said anything. It was a squishy. I was digging in my bag. I'm like, I have no yeah. chocolate in here today. She just, what do I have? She, I have a squishy. And she threw a squishy ball at me. So whatever it takes. Why, around the why corner. did you have a squishy whatever ball? It takes. My daughter made me a little squishy Aww. for my writing bag. So maybe that's the new thing. Yeah, it's a new so thing. She just maybe that's it. The new thing. So I knew this could be a dangerous podcast. Well, I hope so. Yes. Yeah, so I actually didn't stuff. bring anything. Uh, you have a bottle of water bottle to water. remind <laughs> you, but if you could drink there's that a, down a little bit. There's a football okay. over there. Oh, there's a football. We have things you can throw. Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean... But you and I have Things had good. some incredible Desperate. conversations, Yes, I think, along these lines. Mm-hmm. And you know my heart. 
for you and your ministry, you run something called Brave Worship, mm-hmm. and which is really, I feel like, I, I, you've given me the honor of coming in and speaking a couple times, and it is one of the just, to me, one of the just most incredible atmospheres where you're you're challenging women to be who they're supposed to be, um, but you're you're not doing it in a way that um, even excludes men, you mm-hmm. know, because you had me obviously come in and talk. Yeah, but but it really does just want to awaken women to destinies and purposes. And I thought maybe coming in today, maybe you could just share a little bit first about brave worship, and yep, sure. and James yeah. and I'll jump in with some questions and stuff. But yes. we really kind of want to hear your heart. I know this is an area that you're very passionate about. Yeah, and maybe you can help just share with those who are listening to maybe help them overcome some of this stuff, even in their own churches mm-hmm. or some ladies listening today. What are some of the steps they can take? But Tell us about Brave Worship and how that started. Yeah. So um, I moved to Nashville 22 years ago. Wow. You don't look and, like um, you were like one. Thank you. Like I welcome. was one. <laughs> I'm, was. I'm trying not to get I was a baby songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I started praying right when I moved to town because I realized this is a whole different culture. This is a whole different dynamic. And I, I felt like I would love a mentor, like somebody to help sort of shepherd me through this all of these nuances in the industry. And I knew I wanted to have a family. And, um, and I, I was just praying for a female that had walked those roads before me. Hmm. And I prayed that prayer for 15 years. Um, and year 15, I finally said, Lord, listen, like, this is a good prayer. This is not a bad request. Why haven't you answered me? And um, he said, be what you need. And so I started just inviting girls in my living room um, that was seven years ago, and we just started, um, you know, sort of encouraging one another, um, praying through things, walking through life together, but walking through, you know, the worship world and all of that together as well. Um, and then in the last couple of years, my sister moved to town. She'd been leading worship for 15 years, um, you know, women, men, all leading everyone, basically, in yeah. her church out in Phoenix, and um she said basically that she saw the same things in the wor- her worship leading world that I was seeing in the songwriting world, which was a lack of females, basically. Mm. Um, and it wasn't even female leadership. It was lack of females just in general. Yeah. And um, so we began to talk, and we together launched Brave Worship two years ago for the purpose of hoping to meet some of that need of encouragement, support, community, um, because we so believe that there is something in the female um, that is unique and special that needs to be heard in the church. And we want to help foster that. And we realize a lot of times, you know, there's male pastors, there's male worship leaders, um, and there's an awkwardness about raising up females from that perspective. Um, So we're hoping to come in and help bridge that gap from a distance or close up, and we host monthly, or not monthly now, quarterly events. Yeah. Um, we have a podcast that we do, getting ready to launch a songwriting curriculum, a brave mentorship that's going to come out. Which is, um, awesome. which we talked about is not just, I mean, it's not just for women. So right. if there are men listening to this, like Chrissy, to me, exactly. is one of the best. Like, I love writing with you. I think that you're... I mean, just even your sensitivity to lyrics and to melody and stuff, but you're, you're just, 
to me, this uh, spirit led to in, in songs, songwriting. And so uh, if there's guys Thanks, out there listening right. to it too, it's not just yeah. for girls, but right. that is something that you were working on to try to empower women. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But we realized, you know, we also had younger men coming to us even recently saying, I want to learn about songwriting this way. And could you mentor me? Yeah. And is there a place for me to plug in? So absolutely. Like I do have a heart for the next generation coming yeah. behind us. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's important too, but it just felt like the Lord had to start with women um, because that was one of the greatest needs um, that we see, you know, and, and it always seems like the church, not always, but in a lot of ways, the church will lag behind culture, which is sad to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the church, as far as empowering females and, and not just tolerating female leadership, because you can do that, like anybody can tolerate it. But championing female leadership, the church has lagged behind yeah. greatly. And that's so one of our biggest Can I ask things. you a question real yeah. quick? And this is probably to both of you. Because my first instinct always when we're talking about women in ministry and, and worship and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, because you came from a pretty, you, you know, traditional backgrounds pretty much. I came up from a very Pentecostal background all the way through my whole life. Why is it such a big deal to have for women to be able to be elevated or why is there such a, an oppression on females coming up into leadership? Well, I don't know, to tell you the truth. I think it has to do with a couple of passages in Scripture that people get hung up on mm-hmm. that were intended for specific churches. Um, from everything I've researched, and I'm no theologian, but because of those couple passages, um, I feel like that's... Those are the things. Like that's yeah. it. What it, it was comes a cultural. I think that's the thing too. Is that the cultural boundaries that were set back in Paul's day, and what he was trying to do wasn't to remove women. It was to try to actually help them because women had not been invited into that space before. Mm-hmm. So he was basically saying, "Hey, here's how you work your way into that space." Because they had, you can't just jump in. And we know, even through culture now, yeah. trying to shift an attitude or something, yeah. if you just jump in and try to boldly say, well, this is the way it is now, yeah. then it's going to it's going to upset to where they'll actually push harder against you. Right. So he was basically saying, hey, this is how you walk in. If you start speaking out of turn and start doing stuff, you're going to show yourself as more rebellious. Yeah. And it's not going to help your cause in being a voice for what God's trying to do. But right. throughout scripture jesus empowers women all over the place yeah. so that's he broke cultural rules yeah. in yeah. order to do it yeah over and, and over but he started to shift a culture and yeah. i feel like that's where now what we do is we take it and we read in you know we read their culture into our time right and make that uh strict law well, so it's kind and- of like a misinterpretation yeah. Of of the Bible. Well, I think it's interpreting it right for their culture, but it's not interpreting it right for what, what God was trying to do. The intent of it is lost. Right. I was reading the last page of Romans this week, and it was amazing to me. I was reminded. So it was Paul, again, and just on that last page of Romans, he lists a lot of women that he wanted to oh, yeah. send his... Um, greetings to, but was telling them thank you for their, he specifically mentioned their leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that really stood out to me. So yeah, it's this like contrast in scripture that happens in so many areas. But for some reason with women, we've always let, you know, let, what's the word? Leaned. Yeah. Not lent. Not lent. (laughs) That direction. (laughs) I I I mean, even if you look at like 
culture outside of church in America not that long ago. Like if you watch Leave It to Beaver, for instance, like the woman was considered the housewife and that was like her place. Yeah. And she didn't work outside of the home. Yeah. And so even female like integration into the work world has been sort of a newer thing. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think it's just the church. I think it's culture. And I think too. there's a fear too, you know, even for, for culture. I read a study not too long ago and one of the things the guy brought up was when we do what what happened, especially if, if women it was a feminist movement that kind of wanted to do this one thing and, and it actually was correcting some things that mm-hmm. should have been corrected. But the way it was corrected, basically they attributed it to a male on the left side of a boat and a woman on the left side rowing yeah. and the woman saying, I want to row on the left side. Hmm. Well, the problem is, is that I think a lot of times in church, what happens, because once you're both on the left side, you just go in circles. It's a never ending circle. You're not going anywhere anymore. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. because we're afraid to allow people to do something. We're afraid that if we empower someone else, we'll lose a position or we'll lose what we're doing if we empower them to do it. And so even in this system of songwriting and the system established for you to come in means I have to move out. Right. That's what, that's, that's not what it means, but that's what they, that's what they feel it means. So there's no partnership in doing things. It's that if you come in, then I have to go out Hmm. and we don't know how to readjust ourselves to show you have a strength. And we talk about that. We won't get into this too deep, but Mm -hmm. at least initiate it that because we haven't allowed women to have a voice, I feel like men have taken on feminine qualities Mm -hmm. because we have to have that voice that God's God's gifted women with specific qualities that men don't have. And because we've lost that in the church, men have started taking on some qualities of women and women have had to feel like they have to take on qualities of men because of that. It's really confusing. Well, and, and if you trace it all the way back with worship specifically, and we talked briefly about this a minute ago, but if you trace it all the way back to the writing room and what's being written, um, if you look at the number of female writers in our industry, it's less than 20%, I know mm. for sure. Probably, I would say maybe more like 10. Wow. And there's, there's a couple of um, publishing companies or whatever that are exceptions to that. But for the most part, it's really super low numbers. So that means the imprint that's that is being woven into songs in the writing room, which is where worship starts um, in churches across America, is is male. It's the male voice, and then that imprint is being taken onto the platform, being delivered through most times a male. Um, at least we know for sure it's over eighty percent of the time. Hmm. Um, to a congregation that is 75% female. Wow. And that, that's, those are crazy. Statistics. That is like, I feel like that is where the confusion is beginning. Yeah. So then a lot of times, you know, and I've even had conversations with male worship leaders where they speak of, well, the, the females are so timid. Like I'd put them up here, but like. They're so timid. They're not carrying it the way, basically, that they would carry yeah, it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, which for, yeah, which is true because females have a hard time knowing, basically, which how they can connect with songs that express their imprint. Yeah, and then you know how does their voice differ? And is it's different? Is that okay? Yeah, is that okay? Because that's not what people are necessarily used to. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what we just said. You feel like you have to become a man or a man 
feels like you have to carry the same way, but yeah. that's the beauty of the the different expressions. And and we are leading a group, you know, hopefully that can be unified as one voice, not as male and female necessarily. Yes. So we have those songs where it's like, we should all be able to declare this song. Yes, that's true. But there are the different expressions where you feel like when I walk in, I want... I want you to be able to lead softer. I don't want you to feel like you have to pick up a yes. sword necessarily like yeah, I am right, right now. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, and we've talked a lot of times about, you know, in the writing room and you and I have said this and it's been everywhere. And I just had this realization last week, but so many times I've heard a guy would never sing this, but I've never heard a girl would never sing this. Mm. And that's, that's 75% of who's going to be singing it, you know, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Weird to think about. We need to fix that 75% statistic too. Yeah, we yeah, do. Well, yeah, that was about yeah, to we do. Yes. So uh, we've got worship leaders and pastors that are watching and listening to this. So where, where's the change going to come? So what can, yeah. what can someone do if he's, cause some people might not, yeah. I mean, me not thinking about it kind of, it's, I'm oblivious. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't want women to be in ministry because yeah. I'm all for it. But I might go, I don't even think about it because just the way church is set up, culture is set up. Right. But even culture is changing. You know, with like the Me Too movement, the feminist movement, or coming out, women having their voices heard. And I know that's a real hot topic. But how do we as worship pastors go, you know what? I have to be conscious of this and go, how can I change maybe my practice or my worship services to include that yes, and to be more of an empowerer rather than someone who's like, I'm just going to leave them to the side. Yeah, And, and you're, you're think, a guy and you're a girl, so we yeah. can go from both sides. Well, I think from the female perspective, and I, and this is a recent realization of mine, all this like research behind the songs and the imprints and all that. But I really feel like if we could be mindful of even where the songs are coming from. So um, my heart is to be helping raise up some of these female writers so that we have that in the room because I know even for me my favorite songs that I've been a part of have been songs that I've written with people like you guys um, where there's both male and female perspective mm, I feel like that gives such strength to worship songs yeah. because you have both perspectives woven into the fabric that's and good. then you don't have to worry as much about delivery in my yeah, opinion I love that. but also being willing to give a, a female um, a chance, you know, like leading a song, for instance, um, and being okay with there being awkwardness, yeah. letting her find yeah, right. what it feels like to be a female and lead a worship song, because there's not a lot of opportunity for that to happen. Yeah. So I think giving the voice, um, like physically, like yeah. giving her voice, like physically letting her voice be heard yeah. is important. I think for me, as I've talked to Chrissy, I mean, I, I think we have to see that it's a problem. Yeah. I think the the thing is, it's almost like, uh, you know, you hear the people go to AA meetings, right. like the first thing they have to do is admit they have a problem. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think people want to admit they have a problem. It's, same thing comes with race. They call it inattentional blindness. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we want to be blind to it. Right. And probably one of the reasons I'm more uh, aware of it is because... Uh, of our conversations, but also because mm -hmm. I have a daughter that mm -hmm. I pray over every night that she would be an Esther that would rise up and have position. And if I think <laughs> that there's a possibility that somebody's going to keep her from that, and there's just going to be a man standing there when God's calling her to do something yeah. saying, well, sorry, you can't be in leadership because you're a woman, then 
I'm going to make sure that she is empowered in every way. So she doesn't know that world. So if it, if it comes up, then it's foreign to her. Yeah. Because I think that we have to start giving women platform. I've told Chrissy, you know, you have whatever you need. Our resources are your resources, our platforms, what, anytime you want to say something, do something, be something. Mm. If there's other women that you feel like need to say something, do something. Erica Boutwell is helping us, you know, Mm -hmm. here too. And she's a, she's been a worship leader. And, and I told, her same thing. If you got something you want to say, mm-hmm. because, and, and if you see something in, in our ministry that you feel like needs to, you know, there's a, a way we can do something, we will do what we can to make sure that, you know, no matter what happens anywhere else, you know, you have a platform. And I think Thank pastors and so leaders much. have to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I think some of them are just, they're kind of blind to it, not because they want to be. No, and, and I think there's a desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there definitely is a desire, but I feel like people don't know how to actually make it happen. And I, I'm compassionate towards that. I yeah. see it. But also, at the same time, it's hard for females to hear about um, the acceptance of female le- leadership, but not to see it. Yeah. That's that's sort of where the rubber meets the road. Yep. So. That's why we're so proud of you because I think that everyone needs an example. And that's probably why when you were saying, I need a mentor, God was saying, I need you to become one. And, and the people who are seeing it now and doing it, cause you're, you're a person who's like, I don't want to be that person. Do I need to be that person? The one that, you know, yeah. and, and I feel like you are, you are, you're a powerful mm. voice for it. Cause you're not trying to prove anything, you know, you're just trying to be something. Mm. And we love that about you. And, and we want to just bless that and empower that. James is smiling at your like cheesy <laughs> smile. Cheesy. But, Thank you. But I want to give her a high five. We really man. do. We really do love what you're doing. We love Thank brave you. worship. So powerful. What you and your sister are doing. I hope people will check that out. Yeah, you really should. And you know, it's great that you brought up. You know, some people are oblivious to the unintentional blindness or whatever. Yeah. Because now if they're listening to this, there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're like, oh <laughs> yeah. man, I'm no longer blind. So, yeah. Um, and part of it is somebody may be listening and they go, I I don't necessarily agree and i think the the thing is is that if you don't agree it's fine but if 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 you hear somebody saying i feel this way then you if you, as a family member in a sense yeah. you should be concerned that they feel this way even if you don't agree that they're they that you don't give them space or you don't that somebody in your own body or your own family feels that way makes you responsible to start helping them not feel that way yeah and, and you know i think just in general those women are going to lead the the leaders they'll lead yeah so they'll either lead in your church or somewhere else yeah you're yeah. right so yeah. I feel like it's time to bring them back in and and allow you know that voice to be in the church rather than outside of the church I, I think love that's it. yeah really why perfect. we need it and it's wonderful it's a great reminder uh, for everyone listening and uh, either watching or listening to say yeah maybe I can make a bit more of an effort there yeah and maybe be a bit more intentional in what I do and thank you guys so much for what you do I love your heart for men. But I also love, like, it's, it's a, the feelings mutual. What you are doing as far as opening up hearts to women is awesome. Thanks. Yes. Well, go check out um, Chrissy on Brave Worship. Go subscribe to their podcast. Make sure that you're following them on Facebook, Instagram. I you think it's Brave Worship on everything. Yes, right? braveworship.com. Braveworship.com. You should know that. You're interviewing yes. them. 
Yeah, well, I just, I just want to get it cheap. I just don't want to say, you know, braveworship.biz. <laughs> it's a real popular, popular URL. So, but no, dot .com. Great. Yes. Glad we cleared it up. <laughs> That's awesome. Aww. So now how do we transition out of this? Um, so. Thanks so much, Chrissy, for being here. Thanks, Dustin, well for being here. Well done. Uh, and we look forward to... Uh, yeah, I'm stuck. We need yeah. to do this again. So yeah, yeah we need to do this again because there's some other things I'd like. I mean, you could we could really branch on this topic for a long time Probably. and a lot of different areas. Yeah. You know, because you could even jump into competition. Like you would, you touched on it a little yes. bit about hey, yeah. I'm going to move that's out, you're going to move in. Yeah. You're like, and we live in a, in a culture here in Nashville that's very competitive. Yeah. Well, it seems very competitive, and I know you, Dustin, you have some great insights on like. Why are we being competitive? Like, is God limited to yeah. just like one area? And mm-hmm. it's the same when when you bring women into that sort of mix. You know, you can guys can may feel like intimidated. Yeah. yeah. So that may be a double. So we'll have to we'll have yeah. to get you back on for that. And uh, but we do appreciate you being here yeah. on Thank the Worship Podcast. And, and if people have feedback and questions that they have or things that they want us to talk about, they yeah. can yeah. email us at feedback at theworshippodcast dot com, and we'll we'll do our best to answer those questions and and try to. Get Chrissy back on to answer all those questions yeah. for us. Sounds awesome. Let's do it. Awesome. I, th- I think we're done. All right, we're done. This is the Worship Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. And we're on. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we're just here at the end to say, yeah. Yes, Thanks. you guys. Thanks for sticking around. And please connect with us at braveworship.com. Facebook and Instagram as well. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award-winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship Conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here, please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus, You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. 
If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.